Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane, returning with some more chilling tales to share here around the the hearth. <laughs> All right. If you have not yet, please be sure to check out my website, which is www.myhaunteddolls.com. I have all of my books out there. If you'd like to order books, uh, autographed copies, I have some out there. Uh, my Haunted Collection is out there that tells the stories about the uh, some of the items I've collected over the years and the ghost stories behind them. There is a book called Legends of Indian Narrows, Ghostly Childhood Memoirs, which tells the stories of the ghostly happenings in my old childhood neighborhood, including the house I grew up in. And then we have uh, several novels out there of the paranormal kind, so be sure to check that out. Or they're available in paperback on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. And also, they uh, are on ebook, Kindle, and also a few on audiobook. So be sure to check those out, especially the Legends of Indian Narrows. If you'd like to hear me tell the stories, that is available on audiobook, performed by me on Audible, Amazon, or iTunes, so be sure to check that out. Now, let's get down to business with our first spooky story. This one is called Boo Hag. (laughs) There was a young man named John who lived in a small town in South Carolina. He was a popular fellow, and he was known throughout the area for being honest and hard-working. Although he wasn't wealthy, he made a good living doing odd jobs for the local townspeople. John was the most eligible bachelor in town, and every woman was jumping at the chance to be his wife. However... John had his eyes set on a beautifully mysterious young woman who lived alone in a small cabin deep in the woods. She was incredibly beautiful, with long, dark hair, smooth, pale skin, and piercing green eyes. Whenever she came to town, she turned the heads of all the men as she walked past. But word around town was that she was a little strange, and it was best to stay away from her. However, John couldn't get the mysterious woman out of his mind. One night, there was a dance held in town, and all the locals attended it. The moment John walked through the door, he noticed the beautiful woman from the woods was there. He worked up the courage to speak to her, and before he knew it, they were dancing the night away. By the next evening, they were wed. 
and John brought his pretty bride to the nice little cottage he rented just down the road from the family grocery. It had a nice front porch with a swing, a big bedroom on the second floor, and a big attic with a window that could be made up into a second guest room should his new mother-in-law care to visit from her home in the swamp. After fixing him a nice dinner, John's new bride sat a while in the rocking chair near their bed while John yawned and watched her fondly. She cuddled under the blanket and knitted and hummed, and John's eyes grew heavy. He didn't wake up until early morning when his new bride crept into bed all hot and sweaty and fell asleep at once. When he asked her where she'd been, she wouldn't answer him. John was mighty sore that his bride had snuck out on him on their wedding night, but when she got snappish and her eyes blazed like they did when he questioned her, he grew frightened and backed down. Life took on an, an odd pattern for John. During the day, everything was perfect. His wife was sweet and pretty and loving. She kept the house sparkling clean and cooked him wonderful meals. But each night, she refused to come to bed after supper. Like their wedding night, she sat up singing and rocking and knitting until he was asleep and did not come to bed until after dawn. She was always sweaty and cranky when she came to bed and went to sleep before John could question her. John was very confused and upset by this behavior and finally confided in his pa one morning after opening up the grocery store. John's pa was awfully worried. The visiting priest had gone on to his next parish, and there was no one they could consult but the local conjure woman. So he sent John to her with a couple of chickens as a gift. The conjure woman knew all about hoodoo magic and was an excellent herbalist. Local folks went to her when they were sick on account of the doctor living at least 20 miles away. When she heard John's story, she told him to pretend to go to sleep that night and watch his new bride and see what she did. Then he was to come back and tell her everything. John agreed. The next morning, after supper, John yawned and pretended he was very tired. He went to bed and pretended to fall asleep. His wife was rocking back and forth in her chair, but when she thought he was sound asleep, she got up and tiptoed upstairs. John followed her and saw her going up to the attic. He watched through a crack in the door as she took off her clothes and sat naked at her spinning wheel. She put her foot on the pedal and pumped it up and down. The wheel began to spin and the spindle began to turn. 
His wife pulled on one of her fingers, and the skin came off her hand, just like a glove. She pressed her hand to the spindle, and her skin began to wrap around it like a yarn. Spin, spin, reel off, skin, she cried. As he watched in horror, she spun off all of her skin. It wrapped around the spindle like a bloody blob, leaving his wife a red, fleshless thing with pulsing red muscle and sinew. Her eyes had no lids, and they stared like the eyes of a skinned pig's head in a butcher shop window. She was a terrifying sight, and she sprang through the window and flew away into the night. John ran out to the privy and was sick after he saw her. Who, what, was this monster he had married? He was still trembling and in shock when his bride, looking like a normal person again, crept into bed at dawn, and he had trouble behaving normally at breakfast. As soon as he could get away, John ran to the home of the conjure woman and told her about the spinning wheel and the terrible skinless creature who flew away from his attic. A boo hag, the conjure woman said at once. You've married a boo hag. What's a boo hag? asked John. A boo hag is a witch and a shapeshifter, said the conjure woman. She lures men into her trap and then delivers them to her boo daddy, who eats their flesh and gnaws their bones, and that's what she'll do to you if you don't get rid of her first. The conjure woman told John to get himself some blue paint. As soon as the boo hag left the house that night, he was to spread blue paint on every window frame and every door frame and make sure it was two coats thick. A boo hag could not fly through a window or door that was painted blue. Hate blue, they called it. And if she didn't get back into her skin before dawn, she would be trapped without it and be revealed for the monster she was. So, he was to leave one tiny window unpainted and keep it open a sliver so the boo hag could squeeze through. Then he was to fill up her skin with salt and pepper, which would burn her up from the inside out. And John promised to do exactly as the conjure woman said. That night, John lingered over his dinner looking with sad eyes at the pretty woman sitting opposite him. He knew she was really a monster inside, but it was so nice to have a little wife in his home. He hated like anything to see her go, but he did not want to get eaten by a boo daddy, and that was his fate if she stayed. So he went up to their bedroom and pretended to fall asleep while she rocked and sang and knitted. Then he followed her quietly upstairs and put salt and pepper into her skin after her ugly red muscle, 
blue-veined figure had flown out the window to her boo-daddy. He spent the rest of the night painting over every door and window frame with a haint blue, leaving only one small unpainted window open in the cellar. He nailed it up so that it would open no further than a crack, just as the conjure woman instructed him. Then he hid himself behind a large chest of drawers up in the attic to wait for the boo-hag. Just before dawn, the boo-hag came flying up to the attic window. As soon as she touched the blue frame, she gave a shriek of pain and rage. John listened as she flew around the house, testing each window and door, and howling like a banshee when it burned her skinless hands. Then she found the little window in the cellar, and he heard the thump as she landed beside it, followed by a painful whimpering sound as she squeezed and squeezed herself through the narrow opening. Her skinless red muscles and blue veins tearing painfully against the rough window. The boo-hag ran up three flights of stairs into the attic and squeezed and squeezed into her skin as fast as she could. She just barely got in on, got it on her body when the first light of dawn shone over the horizon. And that was when the salt and pepper did their work, burning the boo-hag's body from the inside out. With a scream of agony, she flung herself out the attic window. The glass shattered everywhere as she tried to fly away, tearing at the skin to get it off. But it was too late. She exploded into tiny pieces right over the swamp, and the alligators had them a mighty feast of cooked boo-hag for breakfast that morning. So John was once again without a wife. But bachelorhood looked much better to him after that, and he never went looking for a wife again. Of course, after he made a pile of money and oil, the girl started chasing him. But that's another story. I hope you enjoyed that one. That was a nice, creepy one. All right. Shall we get on to the next story? We might just as well. This next story is simply called Purple Candy. One day when I went to school, I noticed that a lot of people were eating purple candy. The candy came in all sorts of flavors, but it was all the same color. Purple. My classmates seemed to be really enjoying the candy, especially my best friend Zhao. Zhao Ling. He loves candy. He had a whole bag of purple candy and offered me some. I took a piece and asked him where he bought it. 
He pointed to a house on the south side of the village. No one had lived there for a long time. Something terrible once happened in that house. The family who lived there were found hanging in the bedroom. Since then, no one dared to go near the house. Just the thought of it made me uneasy. I stuffed the candy in my bag and went to class. When I got home, I asked my mother about it. She told me that an old couple had moved into the house a couple of days ago. They made a living by selling candy. The village children went to the house in droves every day after school to buy purple candy to eat. I don't like eating candy. Whenever my friend Zhao Ling went to buy some, he would give me a piece. I never ate it. I just kept the candy in my bag, and when I got home, I gave it to the little boy who lives next door. A few days later, something strange happened. Zhao Ling was sick for several days and didn't come to class. After school, I went straight to his home. His mother said she didn't know what was wrong with him. He had a high fever, but he refused to take any medicine. He just kept asking for purple candy. There were empty bags all around his bed. I wanted to help take care of him, so I offered to go and get some more candy for him. Zhao Ling told his mother to give me some money, and I trotted out the door in the direction of the house. When I got there, I saw a man sitting on a chair outside. He was eating and smoking a cigarette. He had an uneasy look on his face. The woman came out of the house and gave me a weird grin. Did you come to buy purple candy? she asked. I said yes, and she handed me two bags. I gave her the money and left. As I was walking away, something about the old couple struck me as odd. The man who sat in the courtyard, eating and smoking, looked like he was only about thirty years old. The woman looked very young, too, and she was very beautiful. On top of that, she had a strange wound on her right hand, with a blood-stained cloth wrapped around it. When I got back to Zhao Ling's house, I gave the bags of candy to his mother. She stuck a few pieces in Zhao's mouth, and he sucked on them, and after a few chews, he fell asleep. I decided to let him rest and went home. The next day when I arrived at school, I heard from my classmates that Zhao Ling was dead. They said that when the doctor opened him up in the autopsy, he found that his heart was gone and not a drop of blood was left in his body. Instead, his veins were filled with little bugs. I was terrified and devastated by the news. How could this be? 
Yesterday he seemed okay. How could he have died? After a few days, more strange things started to happen. One of my classmates died. His body was found in the schoolyard, and he still had some purple candy in his mouth. Just like Zhao Ling, his heart was gone, and there wasn't a drop of blood left in his veins. Only insects. A few days later, another student died in the exact same way. He was also found with pieces of purple candy still in his mouth. Things grew more and more strange. That evening, I decided to call on my neighbor, Zhao Quan, and I convinced him to come with me. I wanted to go to the house and see who was buying candy. I didn't dare go alone, and Quan was brave. We hid behind the fence in the yard outside the house, watching the situation inside. The strange couple were inside the house. They did not sleep. All we could hear was that strange woman humming. I did not recognize the song. Quan suddenly stood up and began walking towards the house. I hissed at him and tried to call him back, but he did not seem to hear me, and just kept walking. The man opened the door of the house, and Quan went inside. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what Quan was doing in there. I sneaked into the yard and crept up to the house, hiding myself in the shadows. I peeked through the windows and saw there was an old woman sitting on the bed. The man brought Quan into the room and stood him before the old woman. She held out her fist and placed it against Quan's chest. Then, in one swift motion, she reached into his chest and pulled out his heart. Quan just stood there motionless, and his head slumped down. The old woman lifted the bloody, beating heart to her lips and took a bite. I was so scared that my eyes were watering and tears were flowing down my cheeks. I covered my mouth with both hands, afraid that I would scream and they would discover me. As I watched in horror, she devoured the heart until there was nothing left. Then, before my eyes, she changed back into that beautiful young woman I had seen before. She held out her hand and touched Quan on the chest. The place where she had just ripped out his heart healed up as if by magic, not even leaving a scar. Quan raised his head again and walked out of the house. His eyes were glazed, and he seemed like he was in a daze. He walked off in the direction of his house. I ran all the way home and lay in bed, shivering all night, afraid to go to sleep. The next day, I did not go to school. I pretended I had a cold and stayed at home, thinking about things. I thought about the strange woman putting blood drops from her hand on the purple candy. 
I thought about her selling that tainted candy to kids who ate it. I thought about the kids hearing the woman humming and walking towards her house. I thought about the woman eating the children's hearts to maintain her youthful looks. I thought about her replacing the blood in her vein in their veins with insects to manipulate their bodies. While I was lying in my bed pretending to be sick, I heard the news that Juan was dead. I wasn't surprised. In fact, I was expecting it. I'm afraid that all of my friends are going to die, one by one, and there's nothing I can do to stop it. Who can I tell? Who can I trust? Who would even believe me? So as the days went by, the children in the village began to die. More and more of them died, and nobody knew why. Nobody, that is, except me. Then one day, a wupo came to the village. In China, a wupo is a female shaman or witch doctor. Since the regular doctor couldn't find anything wrong with me, my mom had asked a wupo to come and take a look at me. The wupo could see into my mind. She knew I was not sick and I was just pretending. I told her everything that had been going on. That night, the wupo took me to the house where the couple lived. They were sitting out in the courtyard. While I hid behind the fence, the wupo crept into the yard and placed a lot of magic talismans. She also drew ancient magic characters on the rear walls of the house. The couple felt something was not right, and they ran out of view. The Wupo immediately held up some bells in her hand and shook them violently. The couple cried out as if they were in pain. The Wupo started muttering and doing magic ceremonies while I ducked down and hid behind the fence again. I couldn't see anything, but I heard their deafening screams. Then, everything went silent. When I finally worked up the courage to take a peek, all I saw were two large pools of blood on the ground. I was so scared, I fainted on the spot. When I woke up the next day, the Wupo told me that the couple was dead. She said they were goblins who had transformed themselves to look human. Soon the whole village knew what had happened. The Wupo was asked to perform ceremonies over the graves of the kids who died. I went back to school and gradually the whole thing was forgotten. But nobody ever went near that accursed house again. And nobody in the village was ever allowed to eat purple candy again. I hope you enjoyed that little story. These were both just amazing stories to tell, and I hope you enjoyed them as much. I hope you enjoyed hearing them as much as I enjoyed telling them. So that is going to be the end of our show. Before I go, let me tell you, please check out my YouTube channel. Just look up My Haunted Dolls, Kevin Kane, 
Kane is spelled C-A-I-N. And you can watch my videos of the haunted items in my collection. There are some story videos. There are a lot of EVP and spare box sessions. So be sure to check that out and give it a like and subscribe. If you can become a, a, a Patreon to help us out, that would be greatly appreciated. Patreon.com forward slash my haunted dolls. If you want to go to find my YouTube link on my website, go to myhaunteddolls.com and just go to the links page. Well, friends, that's going to be it for now, but I shall return with more Tales of Terror. Until then, happy hauntings! Ha 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 ha!